is Slar Report Season 2. Welcome, dear listeners. My name is Victor Omar Perez Sanchez from Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, now living in the beautiful city of New York. And again, welcome to Season 2 of the Slar Report. Uh, hope you guys miss me because I know I miss you. And keep in mind that you are listening to, the, to this through the Earfuls of Dirt feed. Uh, and hopefully, some of you do remember me from last year when. Uh, I covered the whole of the Superliga Americana Rugby, the new, quote-unquote, uh, main uh, rugby union competition going on in South America, now going on on its third season. It feels like the second one, really, because 2020, we don't count it because, you know, COVID. But in any case, guys, thank you once again for listening. And again, we're going to be covering um, this um, third season and season two of the show itself. Uh, covering, of course, all the changes in regards to players, venues, and the like. So with that said, um, let's get right started. So first of all, the league is going to kick off officially on March 13th, but I'm going to be doing this bit of a preview. And then, of course, from there on, uh, I'm going to cover uh, going to go on to cover the rest of the rounds all the way to round 10, uh, which is going to be all the way until May, specifically May uh, 10, uh, excuse me, actually, I take that back, excuse me, that will be until May 25th, May, actually May 15th, it's going to be around 10, and the league will finish officially by May the 28th, so you're going to be hearing from me uh, once every two weeks in regards to what's going on down in South America. Okay, so with that said, um, again, let's get started. So uh, in regards to team composition, nothing has changed. We still have six teams. And just to go over them quickly in alphabetical order. So first of all, we have Cafeteros Pro coming from Colombia. Um, technically, uh, stay uh, uh, specifically situated in the city of Medellin in the department of Antioquia, which is one of the 32, I believe, um, departments that make up the Republic of Colombia. Then we have Cobras uh, Brazil 15, obviously from Brazil, which technically is located in Sao Paulo, Brazil, in the, the city of the same name as the state. Then we have Hawaii's 15, which I guess will be Buenos Aires in Argentina, technically, although originally when they were called Sabos, um, or the team that was supposed to be called Sabos, it was right, uh, located in the city of Cordoba. It's a whole story there. But in any case, Hawaii's from Argentina, Hawaii's 15. You may remember them from Super Rugby. Then we have Olympia Lions from Asuncion, Paraguay. Then we have Peñarol from Montevideo, Uruguay, or Uruguay, as I heard people say. And lastly, we have Secdem Rugby from Santiago de Chile in, obviously, Chile. And again, same five teams. Uh, so, excuse me, same six teams. I keep forgetting that Cobras exists. <laughs> Sorry, Cobras fans. No, but yeah, but six teams, again... Uh, once again in the competition, of course, uh, now with um, the whole thing with COVID sort of control down in South America, um, uh, we're going to have a little bit more movement in regards to venues and the like. So actually, let me go those over real quick before we go on to the actual um, teams and the changes and the like. So for this season, we're actually going to have a couple of new of venues that are returning. So first, we're going to start uh, with rounds uh, one and two, which are going to be played in the Elias Figueroa Stadium in Valparaiso in Chile. And then for, uh, for round three, we're going to have one in the San Carlos de o, uh, Apoquindo Stadium, uh, which is in Santiago in Chile. Uh, and then uh, for that, we're going to have 
um, two matches, uh, which are going to be Copas Cafeteros and Olympia Olympia uh, Peñarol, as you say, which is going to happen at the Héroes de Curupaití Stadium, which is in Asunción in Paraguay, uh, specifically. From there on, we're going to have um, rounds four and five happening in the Antonio Arando Stadium in Ciudad del Este, located in the Alto Paraná Department of Paraguay. Um, that is the second uh, most populous city in the country of Paraguay, which is actually located in the tri-border between Paraguay, Argentina, and Brazil, very close to the Iwazu Falls. So nice venue, I would say. And then round six, all the way to 10 of regular season are going to happen in the Charrua Stadium in Montevideo, like they did last year, as well as the semis and the championship final again happening on the 28th of May. So that's pretty much it. Uh, originally, there were plans of having uh, matches going on in Argentina, but unfortunately, I assume due to the uh, sanitary conditions going on over there in the country because of COVID, uh, those plans uh, went back, and of course it happened uh, in Paraguay instead, which I no, I no issue. For some Paraguay, is going to be hosting matches for the league. Okay, so with that said, um, let's go over uh, real quick, actually. Uh, uh, going over the referees that are going to be appearing for this um, 2022 season. So we're going to have a couple of ones that have uh, have gone through before. We have Damien Schneider from Argentina. I believe we also had Neuen Jauri uh, Rivero, also from Argentina, I believe, for last season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we have Francisco Gonzalez from Uruguay. Um, this one, I believe, is new. Tomas Bertaza, also from Argentina. Then we have um, Kawar Ricardo from Brazil. I don't remember him from last year. Frank Mendes from Chile. Uh, Felipe Balbotin from Chile, I believe he's new. And a new one, definitely, from Colombia, Juan Manuel Leon, which is really good to see um, Colombian representation as a main referee. As assistant referees, we're going to have a couple. We have um, Simón eh, La Rubia from Argentina, Gonzalo de Achaval from Argentina as well, Martín Eusebio from Argentina as well. Then we have Matias Esteban from Uruguay, Raimundo Fuenzalida eh, from Chile, eh, Adrián Bogado from Paraguay, at least we're going to have Paraguayan. And we're actually going to have a lady, which is, name, which is good to hear, Nerea Liboni from Argentina. So we're going to have a female representation as an assistant referee. Now, I do... I do hope that in the future we see Mr. Bogado um, actually as a main referee, just like Mr. Leon, so that way we have some um, Paraguayan column representation on the actual field, which doesn't happen too often. Uh, mostly, you see just a lot of Argentinians and Uruguayans. In fact, Chileans and Brazilians are weird to a certain extent. So, again, nice to see. Okay, so with that, um, let's go over each one of the teams. So, first of all, and again, keeping up with the whole thing about uh, things in alphabetical order, we have Cafeteros Pro. So if you remember last year, Cafeteros was heavily, and I do mean heavily, uh, concentrated with power, uh, excuse me, power with Colombian players, I should say. Um, and it was mostly due to the fact uh, that it was a, a World Cup qualification year, so they were getting ready for the qualifiers for, for South America, which at the end of the day ended up being uh, going to Uruguay after beating Canada in a two-match series, then um, Chile went ahead and do. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, I take that back. Actually, Uruguay. What happened is that they, they excuse me, they actually beat USA for the main America spot, and Chile beat Canada um, twice to get the uh, again the the spot to face USA for that um, America's two 
um, position. So I take that back. It's actually USA for those spots. Well, in any case, um, Cafeteros uh, for this year is actually more of like two, like a two thirds type of thing, Argentinians. Um, and then the rest of the players, 10 of them are Colombian. So very, very different from, again, from last year, we're talking about um, that uh, in 2021, it was 19 Colombians, 13 Argentinians, and one, one Hawaiian. So now of this um, uh, roster of 30, we have 20 Argentinians and 10 uh, Colombians. So yeah, go figure. Now, in regards to a couple of new players that I can mention, at least of the big ones, we have, for example, Mr. Carlos Angulo, or Angulo, I think it's pronounced. Um, he and another gentleman, um, hopefully I will remember his name. I think it's, um, uh, it was, I, be, I believe it's Brian Guzman. Um, in any case, um, two, the two of them, if I'm not mistaken, or at least definitely uh, Carlos, um, were actually playing in Uruguay season, um, specifically for, for Montevideo Cricket, uh, uh, Cricket Club. Fun fact, uh, the oldest um, rugby club outside of Europe. Fun fact on that. Uh, so they, it was actually kind of strange not to see them in, in 2021. But again, both of them are going to be actually in the team for 2022, which is not too bad. Now, of the other players that I can mention, specifically um, the um, the Argentinians, we got the brother of um, of a gentleman that you may know uh, quite well if you follow uh, Argentinian rugby. You may know Tomas Lavanini, um, the, the very tall second row. Well, his little brother Federico. Um, it's actually going to be part of this team uh, as, an, as, a, as a slot ro- uh, rookie. So not too shabby. Hopefully he's just as good as his brother. Hopefully he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have the same tendency of getting a lot of cards. Uh, if any of you are familiar with Lavanini, you may know that guy said right card magnet, which is not good at all. But in any case, so yeah. But we do have him, and alongside him, uh, quite a number of other players. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are actually unknown to me. So I can't really say as to how good they are, but yeah, but just to mention a couple of names here, just to throw them. Um, so we got Marcos Amor- Amorisa uh, for from Los Materos Club, who is a scrum half. Um, we do have Julian Hernandez, which is a fly half. Um, Manuel, uh, Manuel Marco, who's a wing. We got Franco Judice, uh, who is a fullback originally. Um, he was in Cobras uh, last season, and now he's with his Colombian team. And then of the Colombian players, um, we got Daniel Gutierrez, who's a tight head prop. Um, we have uh, Juan D- uh, David Agudelo, who's a center. Um, Altain Altaona, uh, who is a wing. And Brian Guzmán, I mentioned. So, but yeah, but those are the players I could mention. Now, again, those are the new ones. Now, of the old ones, we have obviously quite a number of them that have um, left, which were actually really good, very good players. I mean, Brian Perez. Um, John, John Carlos, um, Alvarez, which was really good. Danny Giraldo. I think Danny Giraldo was the other guy I was thinking of that was in Uruguay for a season. Um, uh, this other gentleman, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Christian Rodallegas, who was the center, really good player, by the way, last year. John uh, Arley Urrutia, which is one of the top wingers in Colombia. So again, all those players, unfortunately, are gone and decided to stay with their clubs. And then you get a couple of the the foreigners that were originally in the team, uh, we got, for example, Tomas Cheveri, who's a lock, who's actually now back in Uruguay playing for Peñarol uh, this season. Uh, you had the captain, Gonzalo Garcia, 
um, scrum half that has now gone to a of rugby Emilia in the top 10 in Italy. So he is actually not playing in the Italian league. Then you got Nicolas Roger, fly half, um, who is now uh, with Peñarol uh, this season. Um, uh, this other gentleman, um, Santiago Resino, the center, uh, who's now with Pe Perugia in Italy as well, another one of the Argentinian players. Uh, again, quite a number of them, uh, unfortunately, that again have been lost this season. But the idea is that hopefully, with this extra uh, amount of uh, Argentinian players, uh, Cafetero Sport is going to be a lot more competitive. Um, comparing it for, from last year in 2021, they lost all their matches. But it's interesting because even though they lost uh, to me, at least in the field, um, they. Again, they didn't come up. They didn't come out as weak. I guess is the best way I can describe it. Um, There's a running joke between myself and a couple of my Spanish-speaking colleagues, uh, where nowadays, whenever we have a team that loses a match, uh, even heavily, but sort of comes out of the field with their with their head held high, we refer to it as doing a cafeteros. So that's like an inside joke nowadays. So hopefully, I'll see a lot of that uh, this season with this um, new um, roster. But again. The idea is that they're going to be a lot more competitive now with this um, injection of sorts or this shot of new Argentinian uh, players. Uh, also, we have a change uh, in the specifically in the, in the in the way that Cafeteros itself is actually run. So uh, during the the press release, if you want to call it that, when the team was first unveiled. Uh, is um, the Colombian, uh, well, the Colombian Rugby Federation, to be more precise, um, stated that 73% of their funding is actually coming from the Colombian Ministry of Sport, while the remainder is coming from other sources, including the Argentinian Rugby Union. So the WAR, by their Spanish um, acronym, actually owns a little bit of the, uh, the Colombian franchise. Now, I would the the idea is that hopefully this is going to be good because there was a lot of controversy last year after the season was over to to the fact that many of those players I mentioned before that are not with the team right now were actually not paid on time. Eventually they got paid, but again, eventually. So hopefully with the water coming up, um, there's not going to be no funny business uh, with the players actually getting paid on time. So that's the hope. Uh, the the team's now going to be coached by Mr. Nicolas Galatro. I cannot say much about his tenure as a coach, um, as opposed to Rodolfo Ambros, uh, Ambros, uh, Ambrosio, who uh, was the former um, national team coach of Brazil for quite a number of years and actually led Brazil to their golden years, like say when the America's Rugby Championship was still around and do hope returns um, soon. Uh, but but yeah, that's pretty much the, the, the main uh, change in regards to the coaching staff of cafeteros. Okay, so moving on from that. After that, we have Co Cobra's uh, Brazil 15. Now, this team uh, is still pretty much the same, um, heavily Brazilian with a couple of rookies here and there. Um, they do only now have two foreign players. Um, we got prop Mariano Filomeno from Argentina and French center Simon Bienvenu, who at one point in time played a season for uh, for the Austin elite, I believe at the time was still called, um, of Major League Rugby in North America. But again, those are really the only two new players. Everyone else is, again, Brazilian. Now, of the new players that are in, that I can mention, for example, we got um, David Muller, 
um, a hooker, which is a really good player, by the way. Um, then we got Kawa, let me see, Guimaraes, I believe it's pronounced, who's a lock. Uh, we also got Gar- uh, Gabriel Oliveira, also really good as well. Um, and I think for the list I'm looking at, those are the two big, the, the big players that I can mention that I, again, that I know of, uh, on, on top of my head. Oh, by the way, I also had to mention um, Pedro Colart, who I see here plays for Monte Grande in Argentina. I... I would assume he's a Brazilian, again, uh, eligible, uh, even though he's first for, for, for Argentina club. But in any case, he plays for Argentina club. Now, of the losses, um, probably the biggest one will be Felipe Sanseri, the captain of the 2021 season, who unfortunately misses out due to injury. Um, his twin brother, though, Daniel, stays uh, with the team for a third season, so that's good for that point. Um, then we have other guys like Felipe Cunha, uh, Joshua Reeves, the New Zealand-born fly half, and Moises Duque. Unfortunately, all of them missing from this season, which is quite sad, I have to say. Now, uh, other than that, um, another player, too, uh, John Rossetti, the um, Argentinian... Um, I said Argentinian because, really, I mean, that guy, even though he plays for Brazil internationally, he, he's more Argentinian than anything else, at least, um, who's actually not with the team this season. So quite weird. A really good player, as well as uh, the captain of the national team. I believe he still is. Then we got actually a couple of guys, uh, particularly Matheus Rocha, who actually moved to Portugal to play. But then we got, um, for example, Alejandro Luna, who's really a new team, but now is playing um, for Aparjadores de Burgos in, in the Spanish League, as well as Leonardo Moreno, who is in, in Germina. And I think that's it at least for the guys in Spain. Uh, we also got Marcos de Santis, the other um, Argentinian uh, fly half, who's now with Biadana in, in Italy. So, so yeah, so that's that. Then after that, we have Hawares, and Hawares, uh, champions of the last season, have changed quite a lot. And it's mostly because a lot of their players, and I do mean a lot of the players, have actually moved on to other teams. Um uh, we're talking about it. Uh, also, you got a couple of guys that have gone to Major League Rugby in North America, Pro D2 in France, the, the top 14 in France as well, and the United Rugby Championship, which is the the mixture between Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Italy, and now uh, South Africa. Um, we also have quite, and I do mean quite a number of them that have moved on to the top 10 in, in Italy. Um, so just to real quick go to at least to those, um, if uh, we got uh, one of my friends, actually, personal, um, Francisco Minervino, um, who now has um, signed with Leon Spiacenta, uh, getting the Italian league. Um, we also have uh, Tomas, uh, Tomas Bernasconi, which is with Calvisano. Uh, we have Teo Castiglioni with Ballo Rugby Emilia. Uh, and probably one of the biggest ones, um, uh, Tomas Albornoz, who's now with Benetton uh, Rugby of the United Rugby Championship. Of course, the other ones, again, are from top 10 teams. Uh, well, we have, at least from one of the ones that went to uh, to Major League Rugby, one of them, really, Juan Pablo Seis, the, the cat Argentinian player who's now with Houston Sabercats. Um, from there, we also got, for example, uh, Federico, uh, I keep mispronouncing, he has a Polish last name. I believe he's um, Wenxing, I believe he's repromising in 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 Pro D2 in France. Uh, we also got um, Martin Baca, which is with Narbonne, also in Pro D2. Joel Esclavi, which is in La Rochelle, with Top 14. 
uh, for Gorris and also again uh, with um uh, in the pro, uh, pro D two with Bohan, um, he's a uh, plays as a, a third row. Uh, Joaquin Oviedo, an eighth man, which is Perpignan in top 14. And again, quite a number of others. I also can't forget to mention um, Sebastian Cancelliere, who is with Glasgow Warriors, uh, playing in Scotland as, as a wing. And, and, and yeah, those are probably, I would say, the biggest losses. Now, of the, the new players, uh, we got, for example, Michael Vivas, um, who is a third row, excuse me, a second row, I should say. Um, I believe he has. If I, uh, well, he was in Super Rugby, but I don't think he ever played for the national team, at least not yet. So we definitely do have him, again, of the list of players here that I'm looking. Um, Manuel Bernstein, who was with Cobras, another second row, now with uh, Jaguares. We got Jeronimo Gomez Bara, who uh, came, uh, was with Olympia Alliance. Now uh, with Jaguares, he's actually of Paraguayan ancestry, but I now capped. Um, with Argentina, unfortunately. I think that was a loss, but hey, it's what it is. Uh, Martin, uh, Martin Mogado, uh, a wing, who was also with Olympia Lions. And then we got a couple of players from the seventh team, Ramiro D'Agostino, and probably one of the biggest ones, um, Ignacio Mendy. Both of them play fullback uh, in 15s and are now with this Hawares team. Hawares are definitely going to come and and probably own the competition again. Uh, um, of course, I do hope that's not the case, and we actually have a new team winning, but I'm pretty sure they're going to come uh, full swing and probably going to win the competition once again. And by the way, because I didn't mention it for Cobras, um, Cobras was quite mediocre for last season. The only team, really, the only team that they beat was um, Cafeteros. Uh, uh, but looking at it, uh, and just like with Cafeteros as well, I don't think both teams... Uh, well, actually, Cafeteros might possibly do a little better, but Cobras was definitely the eh, the second lagging of the six teams. I do hope this, this season is a little better for them, but eh, we'll see. Really, really all depends. But anyways, moving on from Hawares, which, like I said, I'm pretty sure they're going to win. We got now Olympia Lions, which is the Paraguayan franchise. Now, last season, they were pretty much... Uh, 100, almost 100% uh, Argentinian with just a few Paraguayans here and there. Now, this one is a little bit more split because they got 30 new players, and of those, 15 are Paraguayan and 15 Argentinian. So it's more, again, half and half, as opposed to the Argent- Argentinian-centric team that they had uh, last season in 2021. Uh, one of the biggest guys, uh, Lucas Santa Cruz, uh, Argentinian guy, unfortunately, uh, he's now playing in Spain, in El Salvador, so they lost that guy. Uh, and alongside him, quite o- other players that have left, uh, Javier Diaz, who's now with Ballo Rugby, Emilia in Italy, um, uh, Rodrigo Martinez, which is now with Wasp, in again, in the Premiership in England, both of them, by the way, um, uh, playing um, loser prop, um, Axel Zapata, which is actually now with, um, with Major League Rugby, specifically with Houston Severe Cats, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we got Mauro Rebusone, which is with Colorno in Italy, as well as Leopoldo Herrera, which is a wing, who is in Lazio. Rebusone, by the way, is a lock. Uh, Maximo Ledesma, fly half, which is with Lyons. Um, uh, Piacenza, who uh, alongside Mr. Uh, Francisco Minervino, which is, by the way, he's a, a prop for me to mention. And then you got a couple of also Paraguayan guys are not coming back. Martin Sigjar. Uh, who is a, who is a tie head? We got um, Carlos Plate, which is eighth man. Marcos Riquelme, which is also an eighth man. 
eh, Diego Argaña, which is center, Renato Cardona, which is probably one of the biggest Paraguayan guys in the captain and national team, which is a wing. Again, all those guys. Oh, and Marcelo Matiauda, eh, which is a wing. All of those guys are unfortunately not coming back to the team. Now, eh, of the new players that I can mention, unfortunately, um, my knowledge of Paraguayan rugby is quite small, so I can't really say any of the any of the names I'm looking at. Unfortunately, I really don't know any of them, other than those guys that I mentioned before. Uh, and of the new Argentinian players, which are again a lot of club guys, again that have not played for the national teams. They haven't played for the national team more often than not. I don't know them. But looking over here, I have actually have heard good things about Mariano Romanini, which is a Aveman from the Alumni Club in Argentina, Alumni, uh, which is placed in, in the top 12, which is the main competition run by the Buenos Aires um, Rugby Union, the Urba, as it's also called. Um, so I have heard good things about him. But other than him, really, I don't know any of the other guys. Now, one guy I will mention, although I don't know how good he is of a player, is Diego Walter was a fullback that plays for the Puyredón Club in Argentina, which is, I believe, um, second or third division. I only mentioned him because I actually got a couple of buddies that belong to that club, so it's only a little shout-out to my guys from Rugby um, that focus on um, Argentina Rugby. They have a YouTube uh, a channel that focuses on that as well as social media. In case any of you are familiar with the Spanish language, I would definitely suggest um, checking out the guys from Rugby. Um, tell them that Victor sent you. I'm sure they would like that. Okay, so with that said, again, expecting good things from uh, uh, Olympia this year. Olympia did really well last year, actually. They ended up going all the way to the semifinals um, just to go ahead and lose, I guess, I believe it was against, uh, let me see who they lost to. If I'm mistaken, I believe it was either, I think they lost to Saignam, if I'm not mistaken, very closely. So there was a very, very close match that we were about to win, but it's what it is. Hopefully they're going to be just as... Um, Again, uh, just as competitive as they were last year. So we'll see. Okay. So with that said, and moving on, uh, now we have Peñarol, the Uruguayan franchise. Now, Peñarol was really competitive last year. Again, they ended up going all the way to the finals, uh, unfortunately, to lose to um, Juarez. But at, at least they ended up going second place. So <laughs> looking at that, at least we can see it that way. Now, Peñarol um, has changed for the better. You have quite a number of um, young players that, uh, that have come in. Um, we have a couple of guys that have actually uh, played or that were playing in Major League Rugby, uh, such as Diego Maño, the second row that was with Houston Sabercats, uh, that has returned. And we got Manuel Diana, the, the, the eighth man that was with Toronto Arrows. Uh, but other than the two of them, the other guy that came back from abroad, and he was briefly, was Juan Manuel Tafenaberry, who's, oh, Tafenaberry, I think it's pronounced. Um, he's a young um, a scrum half that actually played for the under 23s team for Star Francais in the top 14 in France. Um, the Epois, uh, which are the hopefuls, I believe is in French, that what that word means. Uh, uh, and again, I was actually quite surprised to see his name on the list. I was not expecting him to return uh, to play um, uh, Superliga, but maybe. There, there he is. Other than those guys I just mentioned, uh, all the other new players are coming, obviously, from the Uruguayan system, which is very small, of course. I mean, it makes sense, a very small country as well. And really, the only other guy that I can say I, I know is Nicholas Roger that I mentioned before, the fly half 
uh, who's actually Argentinian, which which was with Cafeteros Pro, but is now. Oh no, I'm sorry, I take that back. Um, Nicholas Royer. Yeah, I think I believe Nicholas Royer is Argentinian. Yes. So in any case, he's now with Cafeteros Pro. Now, of the guys that have um, been left out, um, we have two in particular that I would like to mention: Corrado Rora, the eighth man, um, who's Argentinian, that now is playing with Dallas Jackals in Major League Rugby. And also I need to mention Nicolas Freitas, the second road. I'm sorry, second road, the center, I should say, for, that's playing now in Van in Pro D2, who just recently was chosen as um, in the, the 15th of the week for the Pro D2 uh, about a week ago. So kudos to him. Uh, also Juan Manuel Alonso, who I believe is a Ryan, and is now with Brief um, in top 14, who's uh, as a wing. A couple of the guys also, Facundo Gatas, a Argentinian hooker, who's now back with his club of Hindu. Um, Facundo Pomponio, who's now actually in France in, in a team called Florirac. I assume probably might play National, which is the, the third division. Um, I'm sorry, actually, the fourth division, actually, because um, we have the new league. That's the third division now. I forgot the name of it. But in any case. Um, other than him, Diego Nieto, who's with Champagnat, which is another eighth man, uh, Manuel Nogues, who is um, scrum half with Atletico de Rosario in Argentina, and, and yeah, those, those are the guys. Oh, Martin Roger, uh, the fly half, um, the, the, that's obviously the brother of, of, of Nicolas Roger, who's with Basugana in Italy. Can't forget to mention him. Okay, and lastly, we have Segnam, which is the Chilean franchise. Now, Segnam has done a, a big change from last year. They have quite, and I do mean quite a number of players in the team, and mostly is due to the fact that Chile is actually going to be playing the U.S. in, in July to a home and away series for the America's Two spot in the World Cup. So they have, we're talking about about 50 players in their long list or staying the roster, I would assume to blood all the players they can, specifically with the objective of qualifying. And Chile has been quite good lately. So again, I mean, it definitely makes sense. They definitely have something to play for. So besides the Chilean players, they have the guy, three Argentinians and one Uruguayan in the young Juan Sucarino. They also see the return of um, national scrum half or national team scrum half, a uh, Marcelo Torrealba who was playing with um, with Austin, Austin Gronis, and returns back home. Now, of the new players that I can mention, uh, at least uh, that I'm familiar with, we got Augusto Sarmiento, um, the second row, uh, which is a very cool player. I have seen him a couple of times playing for the national team. Uh, we also have uh, Javin Videla, another strong half coming from the All Boys Club. Um, Zucarino, by the way, uh, plays um, fly half uh, and comes from the Montevideo Cricket Club that I mentioned before. Um, we also have um, uh, Lucas Fertonani, who's another fly half coming from the Santa Fe uh, club in Argentina. Now, of the two Chilean players, we got Francisco Uro and Diego Warnkin, I believe it's pronounced. I believe I have seen him before. His name definitely rings spells. Then we got Clemente Armstrong, center, uh, as well as um, Luca Estrabuki uh, and Vicente Tredenik, both of them. A fullbacks, and you know, those are guys that are all uh, new players and relatively young as well. Now, of the guys that we have away, 
Um, we got, for example, Jose Ayarza that has been playing in France for quite a number of years and played a season in Chile. He actually signed with Charent, uh, I believe, for the second, no, of the either third or fourth division uh, French league. We also have Augusto Bomme, uh, who is the, the national team hooker, which is uh, now playing for Seattle Seawolves, actually. Just, um, uh, by the time you listen to this, he had played his first match with Seawolves uh, at home against Olaco, the majority rugby. And we also have Santiago Portillo, uh, who I believe is Argentinian and is now playing in Lyon's Piacenza once again in Italy, in the top 10. Uh, Clemente Saavedra, uh, who, is Argent- uh, who is Chilean, and is now with um, Unión Sportivo or Sportiva Samoyana, which is a, a Catalan team in the Spanish league. Really good team, by the way. Uh, uh, other names to mention, Patricio Baronio uh, from Argentina, who is a scrum half. We went back to his home club of Jockey Rosario. Uh, France, uh, Franco Velarde, another Chilean center, playing now in El Salvador in Spain. And lastly, uh, Argentina, Maximiliano Filisola, a wing, also playing in Piacenza. So a couple, quite a number of guys who are now playing with my buddy Francisco uh, back over in Italy. Uh, Segnam was also very, very competitive last year with their national team players, but probably the most competitive a Chilean team has ever been. And all of them were professional for the first time as well. Uh, I'm expecting definitely very good things for the Chilean team. Uh, team excuse me. Especially for the fact that they have something to play for at the end of the season, which is a, a spark to the to the World Cup, uh, pending of course beating the USA in the in the two leg series. Okay, so everyone. So I think with that said, uh, we have come to the end of this um, very first episode of season two of the Slow Report. I'm expecting quite a number of good things coming out of this competition. Um, hopefully, a higher level of play. Uh, from all te- all teams, hopefully uh, better results, not just everyone getting trounced by Hawaii's. I'm actually already tired of that. So hopefully Hawaii's is actually going to lose uh, t- uh, matches this season just to make things a little bit more even. I do hope, uh, of course, Cafeteros is competitive and their Columbia players actually do play. So crossing my fingers for that. Also, obviously, that Cobras is competitive as well. And the other teams, of course, have the competitiveness already established. Uh, Olympia um, definitely, hopefully, will remain, and hopefully, we'll see a lot of more Paraguayan playing. Uh, is playing because, in all honesty, Paraguay needs all the play they can get, especially as a national team. They haven't been really good, and Colombia, that has been playing less time than them, is actually currently better. So that's not good for Paraguayan hopes. So hopefully, the Paraguayans actually come and bring it, especially for the fact that they're going to be playing a couple of games at home. So hopefully, that's good. Well, next time you hear me, everyone, we're going to be go- going over, um, of course, round one, which is going to be played on Sunday, the 13th of March. Uh, you may remember that last season we had episodes come out on Mondays. We're going to try to do the same thing this season. So hopefully, the next time you hear this, uh, it's going to be on Monday. Depending, of course, how uh, our audio editor, uh, Corey Munson, is looking with his um, personal schedules. So we'll see. All depends on Corey. But again, in case we're going to be hearing this hopefully uh, soon, again, to say at least a week of March 13 is the idea. Okay, so thanks again, everyone, for listening again for episode one of Slot Report Season 2. Once again, my name is Victor, and next time we're going to, like I said, go over round one of the Superliga Americana de Rugby. 
going over all the matches going on in Chile. So you have a great day. And of course, a lot of Rabi coming up. Thanks again. Muchas gracias.